What's up everybody, it's Mike B, aka Pretty Boy Flizzy, and I want to welcome y'all to Mike B's Monday Audio Experience. Enjoy! So, I wasn't even going to talk about this, but it's kind of big news, so... LeBron James just signed to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Yo, this is iconic. So, one, you Cleveland Cavaliers fans, y'all are sick. Y'all lost LeBron twice. To the fans of LA, the loyal fans of LA, welcome on the LeBron bandwagoners. Um, in my opinion, I don't think y'all are... LeBron is done chasing rings, if you ask me. Um, there's no way he's getting out of the West with... Steph Curry and James Harden, all those guys over there. But I mean, on the other side, you got the East, and the East is pretty much open now. Looking at you, look, you're basically looking at the Raptors, Sixers, and the Celtics. That's the top three teams in the East that basically got a clear path to the finals. I'm just excited to see this new NBA season kick off. But since I'm on the topic of free agents, I got something else for y'all. So the news that I have for y'all is that college athletes are now able to become free agents starting this October. Congratulations, y'all. I wish they did this shit when I was in college. Um, so basically, there was this rule in college where if a student athlete signs his NLI, National Letter of Intent, and he receives his scholarship, he basically can't transfer schools unless he gets permission from his coach and his school. But now, starting in October, they're allowed to transfer and receive athletic scholarship without asking the school for permission. Reading that tweet, it sounded weird that they had to ask their school for permission to go to another school. Like, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> like, what, man? Like, just think about it. Like, while I was in college, I've had coaches leave, new coaches come in. And the thing is, as students are being recruited, coaches will give them these promises, talk to them about these deals, good future you know we're a stable program this and that but those promises end up being empty the second the student actually gets there and realize what kind of program he's being in so I think the NCAA did did a good job taking this step but it's actually something they should they should have done a long time ago you know but student athletes they're still on the verge of getting their freedom back so So for all y'all listening that are listening to the podcast on uh, Anchor, y'all just heard the music I played. That was Drake's song, Can't Take a Joke, and um, his his other song, Emotionless. So Emotionless, that's the song where Drake actually did reveal having a son. And <laughs> remember, if y'all listened to my podcast last week on my last episode, episode four, where I said, when he drops this album, I just hope he doesn't, he doesn't use this as an opportunity to come back and push a T. Well, he didn't, but... He actually killed Pusha T's entire line about having a son in one line by saying, I wasn't hiding the world from my kid. Here we go. I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my kid. I don't know about y'all, but to me, that sounds like a deadbeat dad quote. But people praise Drake, so they're going to accept it. But overall, it was was a really great album. I think everybody should go listen to it. (laughs) He got a soft side of it and then like like a hip hop. Yeah. Makes like a like an R and B side of the album, and then a and then a rap inside inside the side of the album. Um, something else that's crazy is um he has Michael Jackson on the song. The song is called um, I don't care, I don't really care. But yeah, is that what the song is called? What's it called? No, nah, it's called it Don't Matter to Me. 
It don't matter to Yeah, he really has Michael Jackson on the song. Like that's probably one of the hottest songs that's on the album if you ask me. I saw a joke, somebody made a joke to me. It was he was like, um, how he get Michael Jackson on the song? And it was like they said his his father died. So he told Michael it's time to get back to work. I'm sorry, it's probably not that funny. Sorry. <laughs> In other words, I don't know if everyone's aware or not, but lace front beards are actually a thing. <laughs> Yo, listen, so so y'all know how women wear women wear weaves, wigs, and makeup, right? Well, fellas, now is our time to make an evil playing field. These women gonna know how we feel. So the thing is, it's like I, I don't know exactly how you put the beard on. But it lit, like, say you get a shape of a nice little taper fade, you lay the beard directly under your chin and it connects all the way to the other side of your like sideburns or yeah, to the other side of your face. And it's real, like you can pull on it, rub it, all types of things like that. So I don't know about y'all, but man, I don't, my beard doesn't connect, so I might get one. So if y'all see me with a beard on, don't pull my shit cause it's fake, but just know I'm gonna be fly as hell cause I already got like this partial beard, it just don't connect, but that shit still look good. Now if I get like a full one, it's gonna be a rat. Like, I don't know, man, this is revolutionary. I might actually try to invest in this and get my own called Flizz Beards or Beards by Flizz or Mike Mustache or something. Well, I don't know, that's just revolutionary if you ask me. Like, think about it. Women have been doing this to us for years. Like, they're really gonna know how it feels. Imagine you and your girl, y'all both get home from a long day of work or y'all just been out all day with y'all friends or something. Y'all both get home and the first thing y'all do is she take when she take her wig off, she gonna look at you kind of surprised and scared when you take your beard off. <laughs> oh my God, that shit hilarious, yo. <laughs> all right, all right, enough with the funny stuff. <laughs> enough with it, I'm finished, I'm finished. So um, on to business. So if you check out my word, my cut. Oh, fuck it. All right. I guess I'm not going to record it. So if you check out my website, gameontheapp.wordpress.com, you'll see I wrote an article called Becoming Financially Literate and Living the Life That You Want. It's basically a, a summary of the book, I Will Teach You How to Be Rich, which is a personal finance book written by Ramit Sethi back in 2009, which actually became a New York Times bestseller, by the way. Um, in the book, it features a six-week no-guilt program designed to teach you how to be rich within your own means. You know, basically living the life that you want to live. And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you're rich, you have millions of dollars in your bank account. It just means you're financially literate, budgeting your money towards the things that you value most, all while saving, all while saving and investing for your future at the same time. So it's a book that I highly, I highly recommend for you if you want to get your finances in order. And it also makes you aware of, more aware of your spending. Because I feel like the struggle only happens when you're not aware of your actions. And the first step to being aware of your actions is being conscious of it. Alright, so what I'm going to do is walk you guys through the six weeks to financial control program. In week one, you'll optimize your credit cards and learn exactly what to say to get your fees waived. So it's basically about understanding your credit cards and your debit cards. Making sure that you have your credit card set up and that you're aware of your credit score. If you need to get a credit report or yeah, if you need to get a credit report or to know your actual credit score, 
go to annualcreditreport.com and they'll they'll let you know you just gotta fill out some simple information but the first week is all about setting up automatic payments on all your credit cards so that way your bills are paid off in full every month but if you can't pay your bills off in full every month you know get your credit card down to back to a zero zero balance then at least try to pay off the maximum amount that you can afford each month because it's all about building your credit score up and bringing your amount of debt down in week two you'll set up a no fee high interest bank accounts that won't gouge you for every penny that you spend so meaning meaning you'll open up some bank accounts either open up a bank a bank account that has no minimum requirements and no fees or confirm that the current bank account that you do have isn't charging you any fees if you need to switch bank accounts yeah, if you need to switch bank accounts visit bankswitcher.com they'll give you like they'll basically run you down some pros cons and show you statistics of all these other banks that you can look at next step to that is to open up an online high interest savings account the only reason it's online is to prevent you from taking money out of the account because if it's like a bank you can walk inside of or like a wells fargo or something you're going to easily touch that money in your savings so the online version of that is to prevent you from dipping into your savings if you need to see some online bank accounts visit bankrate.com and they'll give you some suggestions but um it's basically suggested that once you're saving save up the amount the, the maximum amount that you can afford to save each month and it's suggested that you should save at least one and a half month of your living expenses and your savings account at all times because you never know when things are going to get rough that's one thing i'll tell you after graduating In week three, you're going to start an investment account to begin your investing journey. So whether you got $20, you have $50, or you have $100, the key to this week is to start just start investing because investing is very important. And probably the number one investment account that people can op open is a 401k account, which is offered through your employer. And some employers actually offer a 401k match, meaning if you save, no, meaning if you invest a certain percentage of your paycheck every week, then your employer is going to match that. It's gonna, yeah, your employer is going to match that percentage that you put in there every single week from your paycheck, which is basically free money. So you'd be you'd be a fool not to take advantage of that. But but the one thing people we don't we don't we don't pay attention to is is investing. So normally when you're within the age of 20, 18 to twenty five, you're just too busy living life. You know, we're not thinking long term. And basically, like the median for an, a four hundred one k account at that age is like twelve hundred dollars. When you're 25 to 41 years old, these people, re that's when you realize, all right, investing is important, but not to say you're too late, but you're kind of in the middle where you're not going to get the maximum amount, but you're also not going to get the, the lowest amount either. The, um, the median for people of that age range of their 401k account only $14,000, but only 60% of the people actually pay attention to, to investing in a 401k when they're within 26 to 41 years old. Now, when you're 42 and up, that's the age where everyone's wishing they can go back in time and actually start investing because they actually, they dead ass like, no, damn, I missed out on all this damn money. Only 8% of people actually contribute to their 401k by that age. So, and the, actual, the median balance of 401k by that age is 44,000. So you see, you see the numbers go up, but more of that story is it's important to start early. And um, along with that, during that week, also get an estimate on how much you owe, whatever loans you have, or whatever debt you have. 
and start developing a plan to cut down that debt. Um, if you visit dinkytown.net, you'll basically get a um, you'll basically get an estimate on how much interest you can save by paying about an extra fifty dollars to one hundred fifty dollars per month towards your debt. There you go. On the week four. In the fourth week, you're going to become conscious of your spending and you're going to learn how to make your money go exactly where you want it to go every time you get paid. So, like, say your paycheck comes in, 50 to 60% of your paycheck goes to your fixed costs, like your bills, food. 5 to 10% goes to your long-term investments, like your 401k, Roth IRA, savings accounts, and then hear me out with 20 to 35 percent of your spending that's almost half your paycheck go see your guilt-free spending and activities of things that you love to do so and as the time goes on you know you can adjust you can adjust these spending percentages based on how much you want to save for big events or special occasions or you want to go do something really really fun this month or you know but it's all about understanding just knowing where it's going and get down some percentages of how much you want to spend but once you're aware of it, it's, it makes spending a lot easier. Like, all right, here's something I can do to make it a little bit easier for you. I have like a little, like a little money flow chart for you. So once you get paid, here's your paycheck. From your paycheck, it goes straight to your 401k through your employer and straight to your checkings account through direct deposit. That's money you don't even see. It just goes right there automatically for you. Now, when the money's in your checkings account, you invest it into your Roth IRA your savings account, which is basically will be subdivided into like different types of savings that you have, but you have a percentage already in mind for what you, the amount of money you want to save each paycheck. Then the money from your checkings account pays off your credit cards. It pays off your fixed costs that you can't really use for your credit card with your credit card. And then um, basically like that occasional spending cash that you like to use, you know, you like to walk around with a couple twenties in your pocket, things like that. And then the things that you pay off with your credit card will be your fixed costs, like your bills and things like that. And then the guilt-free spending, like whatever type of fun activities you like to do, pay it off with your credit card. And like I said, through your checkings account, you're paying off your entire credit bill every single month with the maximum amount that you can afford. But as you're spending this money and you're paying it off, your credit score is going to keep going up because you're really you're paying your bills on time. Um, yeah, like I said, you're paying your bills on time, so it gets a little bit easier this is the fourth week two more weeks left to go in the fifth week it's all about having these things everything that i talked about last which is like having your money go to each 60 percent here 50 percent there 10 percent there in the fifth week it's all about automating 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 those payments so that way you don't have to do them at all that all happens on its own so yeah it's just managing your account linking them all together so they so they play nicely with each other so, and then along with that, you want to make sure you keep track of all of your accounts. So save your information, your login information, either at your office and your at your office and your home. Save them at both places because this is information that you're going to need to keep track of like at all times. But yeah, in the fifth week, you're going to you're going to learn how to you're going to learn how to automate all these payments. So that way everything happens on its own. And when you get paid, the only money you should be worrying about is the guilt-free spending of 20 to 30% of your income that you can spend freely. But mine is that as long as you're working every day and your paycheck is coming in, all that money is going to pay your bills and everything else on its own. So here, here's like a way you can think of it. On the second of the month, part of, part of your salary goes into your 401k and the rest is directed into your direct deposit. And then on the fifth of the month, 
the automatic transfer from your checkings account goes straight to your savings account and then the automatic transfer from your checkings account goes straight to your Roth IRA this is happening without you doing it and then on the seventh of the month your bills are automatically being paid from your checkings account and your credit card and then in addition to that the automatic transfer from your checkings account goes straight to pay off your credit card bill so it's literally a flow chart like all the money is coming in is going out to every single expense that you need to pay without you having to worry about it and it basically it basically makes paying your bills a lot less stressful so by the time all your bills are paid the money that's left over in your account you can look at that and say all right this is the amount of money that i have left to play with because i've invested already i paid my bills there's food in my house now what do i want to do with left what do i want to do for fun with the net with the last 600 dollars that i have left or the last 500 so you see how automating automating your expenses can actually help you this is this is called conscious spending All right, so now we're on the week six, the final week of the program. So understand me, I understand that you started investing in week three. Week six is also about investing. Now, with the 10 to five, five to 10% that you're already investing of your paycheck into your Roth IRA, your savings accounts, and your uh, 401k, divert a little bit of that percentage of your savings and investings money to things like like stocks bonds mutual funds this this is what week six is about just understanding what kind of investor you want to be do you want to be a, a conservative investor do you want to be a moderate investor or do you want to be an aggressive investor where you're putting a lot of money into stocks and you're you know because you have you have money to lose at this point so i if, if you took advice from me i'd say i'm got me personally a lot of my money is going into stocks early because I, I, I got time to gain that money back and I got time I got money to lose at this point but well that's what what six, week six is about is about just just getting them a little bit more aggressive with your investing so you get a higher return but it doesn't have to necessarily be a, aggressive you know you can take a safe a safe route and just go mutual funds and type of things like that but but there's a lot there's a lot to investing read up on it but like I said go check out the article I'll talk about it in there thanks for listening